Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 104, with Hoodspah Design. Welcome to episode 104 of Makers of Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, at T. Adam Martin on Twitter. I have a very special episode for y'all this week as I had the pleasure of attending one of my favorite conferences this past summer, which took place in Atlanta, Georgia, Major Level Creatives Connect 2019, or MLC Connect for those of you in the know. My man, Chris David Garcia, and his steering committee have really been putting together a great event, and it grows yearly. I think this year, I remember hearing there were somewhere between 400 and 500 attendees, which is crazy considering the first one that I personally attended. Uh, There were around 40 people in an intimate conference room at the Houston Astros Stadium, which was about four or five years ago, so not that long. This thing has really scaled. So anyway, myself and a guy who some of y'all may know, J.F. Hicks, a video and media creative for Baylor University, who also hosts his own show called Sports Creatives Podcast, teamed up to interview two of the keynote speakers at MLC 2019, Amy and Jen Hood. The California Duo are a set of twin sisters that run a boutique branding and design agency called Hoodspa Design. The Hood twins have worked with brands such as Google, Target, 20th Century Fox, and more. They are super talented, and it was a very interesting conversation as Jay and myself discuss business, collaboration, and so much more with Amy and Jen of Hoodspa Design. So please enjoy this conversation, and more soon. Yo, what's up? This is Adam here at MLC Connect 2019, Atlanta, Georgia, SunTrust Park. I'm here with my boy Jay Hicks from Sports Creators Podcast. Hey, what's going on? How is everyone doing? Welcome to the show. Absolutely. So we we uh, this is we uh we have the Hood Sisters from Hoodspur Design with us today from Southern California. Very happy to welcome welcome you all aboard this show. Thanks for having us. We're so glad to be here. Oh my gosh, it's an honor, a privilege. Thank you, so. <laughs> so, so, so obviously, being the Kentucky boy, I got to toss in. We've got this connection from. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and all that. So, our family, our grandma and all her family, going back for God knows when, are all from Bowling Green, Kentucky. And so, we moved back and lived with her on her farm for a while. Uh, she like, has twelve brothers and sisters. Wow! So you're constantly worried that the boy you have a crush on at school is like a second or third cousin. You're like, what's your last name? Like, what? What's your mother's maiden you name? Can, Cousins, but like the third, third one. You gotta see the tree. Yeah. No, yeah. in that case, you gotta go to the family cemetery. The family Bible. No, you gotta go to the family Bible. It's all in there. Oh my gosh. Well, and where they're from, Plano, Kentucky, is fifteen hundred people. So twelve brothers and sisters. That populates real quick. Yeah. yeah. So I don't even. Yeah. So you guys, you have an, you kind of have an interesting story. Uh, we we won't go super in depth. I know you've you've been able to tell that here at the conference, but um, I was very intrigued <laughs> with uh, this. Uh, I feel like so many businesses are started because like you can't get a job. Yeah. Right. Like that's kind of like how I did my thing. So I'm curious, like, could you guys just talk about that and sort of how you maybe just kind of a bird's eye view of how you launched your design studio? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it's funny because we we went an alternate route to of education of learning design, and I feel like um, you know we just didn't have the money to go to school, so for that reason we weren't hireable. And I feel like it's such a catch twenty two these days. It's like you have to have the degree, and then you have to have three to five years experience, right. and then there's all these you know those things you have to do. So yeah, we just couldn't get hired because we didn't have those things. And um, yeah, so we just started like reaching out to friends and everybody who had ever asked us um, ever asked us like, hey, can you take on a quick freelance project? We just like blasted shamelessly and. It's it's funny, you're usually, when you work for another company, you're like, I don't want to share my work. It feels braggy. When you have to eat, you're like, right. you're blasting Twitter, Instagram, Dribble. Like, and you kind of have to treat yourself like a client. And that's what we did. And we didn't really know what we were doing at the time. But yeah, just treating yourself like a client. Like, what would I tell a client to do in order to get, you know, to get information out Noticed, there? Noticed, yeah. And out of necessity, we built Hoodspo like over a weekend as far as like the brand, the website. We just you know, WordPress, quick, dirty, up there. Um, and then slowly, slowly built it up to be a little bit better, a little bit better. It's interesting too, because the first three years, it's just like saying yes to anything, like yeah. just trying to build up the clients and make decent money. And then at some point you get so busy, you're like, we actually need to take a step back and see like, what do we actually want to do? And actually like curate more of like our direction. And then from like year three to five, it's like we we're more curated and now yeah, I feel like we're finally where we wanted to be. Yeah, we're finally able now. to cherry pick and get the actually get the rates we want to get now. <laughs> right, right. There's a um, you mentioned the whole sharing of the work thing. You feel like it's kind of like got this bragging right, mentality. Right, feels sleazy, right? Right. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with this myself. It's like I don't want to share anything. I, just, I don't know if it's like an old school mentality or what. Because like these young kids out here are sharing stuff oh, like 24 hours yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah. In like a behind the scenes, before, after, yeah. time lapse. And you know what? Oh, They're sharing yeah. stuff before the client even approved it. Oh like, no. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I hope that it's in their contract that that's cool because oh my gosh if you get blackballed by your client that's yeah, the worst right. feeling because you like let something out of the bag but yeah it's crazy and I don't think anyone thinks it's sleazy except for us like we're our right. own worst enemy Absolutely. as far as and it's a little bit of vanity in there by, by being like oh I don't want people to like think that I care too much about myself yeah. and no one notices and I think I think there's also that subconscious aspect of like is my work good enough right like right. There, I, I mean I feel like honestly if People that don't have some form of imposter syndrome are either like a, a like a sociopath? narcissist, yeah, yeah. sociopath, or, or they are lying, right? Like, like everybody starts. I mean, I think I read somewhere that um, even Chris Martin from Coldplay struggles with imposter syndrome. Oh, it's like amazing. seriously, like that's insane. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to even when you're like amazing, even when you're like John Contino or Aaron Draplin, you have to even then you're scared because you're like, oh my gosh, I've been popular for 10, 15 years now. Like, right. am I going to go out of style? So then it's like a relevancy thing. Too. Too. It's like no matter what age or or you know level of career you're at, there's always like a new fear that that you're dealing with, right? So it's just crazy. to me, fear is good. You can feed on it. It makes you actually work harder to be good and be better and and keep fighting, right? If you get too complacent and happy, like that's when you kind of get in trouble. I agree. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that y'all discussed in your talk was soft skills. And honestly, like nobody really talks about that. So that was huge, especially with this audience. Um, I, I actually tend to gravitate more towards talks that share things like that as opposed to like, here's a click through of my portfolio. Oh, right. Because <laughs> right? it's like everybody knows that people are doing good work and all this stuff. But those are things that it's tough, right? I mean, I, I know when I was starting out, I was afraid of talking to everybody. And part of the reason why I even started a podcast was to kind of like push myself beyond my comfort zone a little bit. So can you kind of discuss a little bit about soft skills? And then also I'd love to hear how does one even develop soft skills? 
I know some Zach with uh, the texting yesterday was like, "Hey, is there a good book out there on, on like how to develop soft skills?" I was like, "I don't think so." I was like, "We we cover a little in our book, but that that should be our next book, Jen. Soft skills, baby. Interesting. Soft skills. Well, should we define should soft skills? I, someone asked me on Instagram, "What are soft skills?" What are soft yeah, skills? Yeah, it's like emotional intelligence, social skills, um, just being able to communicate uh, your point of view in a way that's tactful, but like uh, c- you know, compelling. Um, also, just presenting yourself, like how you walk, how you stand, yeah. how you you know, yeah, yeah, um, decision making skills intuition like actually being able to critically think about things and it is like you guys are brilliant because you're doing podcasts and video um, podcasts or video what would you call vlogs but uh, that's a great way to test and like force yourself like you said to practice things that are very uncomfortable for everyone no one likes to do these kinds of things we all think that talking is like scary but yeah but how do you learn them? I think we had a business mentor who was like, listen, he, he was in Lloyd's of London, like uh, was in banking, nothing to do with design. And I feel like if you can find a business mentor that has nothing to do with design, it's actually more helpful um, because we get in our own heads and it's like, oh no, but they don't respect us. It's like, no, think about it like a business person. Forget the design aspect. How would a business person present a pitch? You know? And so he was like, you have to, you have to be assertive, never say no, always act like you're saying yes, um, but then take what they've said and like, basically like bounce your idea off of it. So you're never, you're never making them feel like they're not winning. You're making them feel like we're working together. Right. And so it's all these like little tiny, just, it's like, don't say no, always be excited. You know, um, don't apologize for no reason. That was an early thing early on where we would send a quote and be like, but if you can't afford it, like no big deal, just let me know. We'll work with you. That's pretty much saying, I just lied about my price and I will go down 50%. Yeah. It's like you're negotiating with yourself. Yeah. It's like, don't negotiate with yourself. Just like say your, your fact, like calmly, you know, um, present the facts. The great thing is to have a deck ready or like a slide presentation because then you have all your cheat notes in there you're going through it and it's very impressive uh, but you're also keeping yourself paced and on track right so that's another great cheat code can we define one other thing we talked about you mentioned emotional intelligence I'm not sure if everybody always knows what that means like I think those of us who who understand or at least have some well at least we think we know what it means it's just how our behavior and interactions affect other people right Right. so can yeah, you guys touch on that because that was huge you guys actually had that in your presentation. Right. I was like circling it. Yeah. it. I know. Stars. Oh, it's like, uh, yeah. me a little bit more. Call, you called yeah. him out at that point. Yeah. Like, hey. You're subtweeting him. <laughs> but, but it is, it's so important because it's like, I feel like so often sometimes people are like, my work's good. Um, you know, they'll work with me how I want to work or else or things like that. And it's like, no, if you want the best out of people, like we're all humans. We all work differently. We all have different backgrounds. We all, like you have to be, um, you have to realize that your perspective, your, your experience of the world is not everyone's experience of the world. And so realizing that like, you know, you have to think about like, how could, how could somebody else perceive this? Or my, my world vision is not the only world vision, the only perspective, right? Definitely emotional intelligence is, yeah. Uh, considering others in the shortest right, in the shortest form form consider others when you walk into a room try and get like just to hobnob a little first get to know people like ask them about them um, find some sort of like commonality and then kind of get a vibe for okay how do they like to communicate are they more reserved do I need to make sure that this person doesn't get steamrolled in our meeting you know I need to make sure that I like actually directly ask them things otherwise this other person who's very gregarious might accidentally like roll them over um, things like that where you take note of the personalities and just like uh, people's sensitivities um, where their stress points are. It's like, oh, wow, I just triggered that person because I ran up to their desk and like asked them 10 questions and I can tell they didn't like that. I should probably email them, ask them if it's a good time to talk, then arrange a time where they're like ready in that headspace rather than just like running over and taking their time without asking. So I love how you used hobnob. I feel like that's from your Kentucky. My dad says that. Chew the cud. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so... 
you mentioned this whole like aspect of emailing them and trying to find a good time to talk. I think a lot of people will, if you make some type of a sales call, I don't know that's that dirty word, sales, right? Um, all creatives have to do it if you want Necessary to make money. Necessary evil, right? yeah. Um, and, and again, like you were mentioning, your your uh, non-creative business colleague, I, the, like a lot of those people are so much more unapologetic about Absolutely. selling their service. They're like, listen, it's a business and you have to make money. It doesn't matter if your job is fun. It like it doesn't. And these people are going to actually use that against you to, as a reason why you shouldn't get paid what you or like you know they can take advantage of a little bit. You know, it's like so you have to present yourself in a business way as well. Let them know you speak their language and you understand their goals and all of your decisions are taking into factors that they, you know, they have to sell. Like we need to sell tickets or we need to, the marketing team needs this. Like you understand that you're doing that work for them. You're making yourself an invaluable asset, right? I agree. And I think, uh, I think creatives sadly, like one of their best skills is to like sell other people. Like I'm so good at like selling everyone else. Right. And then when it comes to my stuff, I'm like, uh, <laughs> that's like surf from the dolphins when uh, the Texans guy Zach showed his portfolio and he just like ran through it and surf was like no no let's go back this is beautiful <laughs> awesome. yeah. you know that, and he was like he promoting that. this other guy that's totally yeah too. and I was that's like totally that's creative. totally creatives yeah. you know well and it's interesting because we'll make the perfect solution for our boss or our client and then we'll, we'll design it all out it's perfect but then we don't explain it right we don't sell the idea because we've sold it to ourselves and we know it's the right idea instinctively but it's like you still have to like quantify it um, maybe make a little note section. Your boss or your client probably won't read it, but you're going to read it to them and present it to them. But it's like show it in context, prove that it, it works, tie it to the goal, like go the extra mile beyond just design to just show that it actually works. Cause that's how you win the argument rather than just like uh, the creative part, you know, it's that, the actual like salesmanship part. And that's what you use also if you work for a big brand and not self-employed, right? Because internal creatives are, you know, like trying to sell their ideas to executives or the yeah. marketing team or the ticketing office. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing these things, you're, you're constantly taking L's sometimes. Yeah. Right? And then you, it's like really easy to get completely frustrated and like lose your mojo. Like you actually start to question if you know what you're doing, you know? So it's like, but part of that is like giving whoever, because sometimes it's like if you're working under someone and it's their job to pitch it, if you're leaving it all up to them to know why you did something right. and like to hopefully like they tell the right story, it's just not fair to them either. So it's like if you put together the deck or the presentation exactly how you want it and then you give it to that person, like it's really hard for them to mess it up because it's all in the deck, right? Not to mention like you've just made their job a hundred times easier. They're going to so love you So you're invaluable that. to yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally lost, right? I would cut that in a normal, a normal podcast. One thing that you guys talked about is is hiring yourself, right? Because like I've, I'm sure people come up to you at these conferences or other conferences, and I always say like, you guys have these great clients, and you do these great things. I love that concept. Can you just touch on that and and how that's really affected your career in business? That was one of like the common threads throughout all the talks, which I love when I see that because I'm like, good. Like this is one thing that you can give this piece of advice, and it works for almost anyone. Um, but yeah, hiring yourself, like when Jen and I started out, we were saying yes to everything, but then when you start to want to hone in on a certain um, industry or a certain type of client, if you don't have that work in your portfolio, if you don't have proof of concept, no one's going to hire you to do that. So I have people come to me all the time. They're like, hey, I want to do logos. Um, you know, if you ever want to refer me and I look at their site, it's all illustration. I'm like, you got to do some logos, bro. <laughs> like, you got to find, do some passion projects. Yeah. Or even find better, find charities, a nonprofit. Yeah. Find charities in your area. Find things you believe in, boys and girls clubs, uh, you know, 
your kid's softball team, whatever, find something you believe in and donate a logo. You know, like you have to have real work experience with real clients in your in your portfolio to show that you can do the kind of work you want to get. So it's across the board, like the famous Ty Matson story about how he just designed posters for their lost TV watching parties. Like in his neighborhood. In his it was neighborhood. like him and seven people would watch Lost would together. Watch Lost. And one person from the the um, legal team at 20th Century Fox uh, emailed them an or CBS or what Fox was like, hey, cease and desist. And then somebody from the art department was like, hey, we'd like to hire you to make three more posters. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> but that's like, I know it sounds crazy, but it, these things do work. Like I didn't start getting sports work until I started making my own work for fun. You know? Awesome. You you have anything else to throw in, dude? I'm like, I'm like, we're working on this crossover. We're, we're gonna, yeah, no, it's tough. It's it's well. So this is this is what's funny. Like you guys are used to being around each other and you kind of vibe yeah. off each other. This is the first time we're co-hosting a show together. So and we're like both lead podcasters. So it's like I'm like two alpha males like, in the room trying to figure it out. Yeah, like, I don't know how we how we how we make that work. Um, so side projects. You, you guys, what are your thoughts on side projects? Because obviously this is, you mentioned creating things that you want to do in the world, but not just that. Um, you, I understand you, you have like a speaking series and those types of things that you run with. with yeah, it's a community. There. Like for Orange County, we realized everyone was fleeing to LA because they thought you had to go to LA to do something cool. And we're like, oh, we know so many cool creatives in Orange County. Let's all meet up. Um, that way we can subcontract each other. We can like, you know, refer each other work and we can stay here and, and like enjoy our community. And now there's like 200 people go every, every month. It's crazy. But yeah, having those kinds of side things where it's like you find purpose and fulfillment outside of just what pays your bills, I think is really important. And just sitting in front of a computer Right. Pixel pushing. And that's another great way to work on soft skills because you're meeting new people all the time and it's freaking awkward. Like it never gets better walking up to a group of random people right. and be like, hi, right. want to be friends? Want to share my peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Having to introduce people in front of other people yeah. and right. those types of things. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely And it's something. funny because you can see in the group people who come to events who are not so, that's not their forte is being social and yet they're trying and they're making it happen and they're getting work out of it even though they're not naturally gregarious and it's a little bit awkward but you're like, good on you, bro. Like, good good way, way to go because like, we don't, none of us want to do this. <laughs> and yet once you get into it, you meet people that you're so glad that you met and it's so rewarding to have that kind of community. Well, I think, you know, being that we are at a conference and people generally go to conferences because they want to meet other people. Right. This is, I feel like, a perfect opportunity to practice that weird thing where you just walk into a group and say, hey, I'm Adam. Nice to meet you. I've been having to do that too. people are receptive yeah. of it, right? Yeah. You're not, it's not like you're like in, in a at random a bar. place. Right, yeah. at a bar trying to pick up yeah. a girl or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, for sure. And that's when you find those people that you can, um, like Jen and I are lucky to have each other, but if you're freelancing on the side, like you got to have those friends that you can send a proof to and be like, hey, this doesn't look right. Could you just take a quick look? I love, like, you, you know, under, understand my style. You understand my aesthetic. Like, and then they can just give you quick feedback. Or oh, yeah, you need your think tank. And yeah. it's like on a text thread or it's in Slack, whatever it is. But those people that can give you the quick feedback and they enjoy doing that, you know, and they need it too. And so you have your own little- And just peers that you can be transparent with. Like, hey, I'm trying to do this with my career or I'm I'm charging this right now. I, I don't feel like it's quite right. Like, will you look at my my um, you know proposal deck? Like, maybe I'm not educating people on why I'm worth this price. You know, like having we have friends. Uh, Paul Hutchinson's an amazing designer in LA. He does a lot of work with Nike and stuff, and he does work with like Marc Jacobs and like these big branding jobs. So I'm always just like, hey, would you review this for me? You know, and we just get beers all the time. We just hang out as people. You know. Yeah. So. From a collaborative perspective, obviously, you grew up together. You've kind of learned how to play off one another. I'm curious from like a functional aspect of running your studio together because 
in this business, there's a lot of collaboration, right? Like you're passing off assets to other people and then they may do some stuff with it. Like in your case, um, Jay, you might be, you know, doing a video and then maybe right. a motion graphics yep. person has to touch that. So I'm curious, how does that work for you guys? Like, um, are, are you like, it's, it's very easy to be like, this is my file. I don't want anybody else to touch it. Oh, so yeah. how do you how to sort of overcome that? Well, we always do our initial ideation together. Cause I think when you're coming up with like rough ideas, like it's so important to get anything up on the board and like test like a bajillion bad ideas, get them out of the way and, and then just find get the everyone's ones. opinions, like yeah. get everyone's heads in the game. You yeah. Know? Get all the different perspectives. Um, think of all the potentials. So we always ideate together, but then one of us always has like the ownership of the project. So it's like, when it comes down to it, Amy's going to be the one to do the final execution. I can give her critiques and suggestions. I can kind of work on the file if she wants me to, but at the end of the day, someone has to own it. That way there's a final say and we're not just like head to head, like brawling it out all the time. We're like, this is the right way. No, this is the right way. And we both trust each other's intuition. So even if it's not how I would exactly do it, I know Amy's a qualified, amazing designer and it's going to be great for the client. So I'm not too worried, you know? Do you, do you find that you have uh, different sort of natural, uh, I, I have like this, uh, sort of proclivity to be drawn to that crazy like Photoshop like that you would see like 3D animated stuff that you would see in like sneaker ads and stuff like that and it's like I can appreciate super clean like Landor type yeah. <laughs> type design but it's not for me and then the reverse of that is there are people that look at the stuff that we do in sports that's one thing about being a sports creative is it seems like general creatives outside of the industry be it advertising or design kind of look down on us over here because it's like you guys They're are just like, like it's too maximalist yeah right, right, some things yeah. And, and it's like at the end of the day it's entertainment right so do you guys tend to have a natural thing that you're drawn to that you eventually have to like battle it out and make it like all work together in the end well, I know that we're definitely drawn to like a retro style. Like we can't help it. I don't know where it comes from. We tried to stop. <laughs> we tried to stop. We tried to do like more corporate work, which we can. We actually, we're redoing our site right now for the reason you just mentioned, which is that we love the style that we're known for, which is kind of retro, fun, bold, bright. But at the same time, like it, it appeals to a very specific type of client. And sometimes it's you like- You can like niche yourself out of work. Yeah, you, you can. Know? Or just niche yourself into only a specific type of budget range. And we're like, you know, if we want to get the big branding projects, like, you know, the, the, the top tier branding projects, we have to show that we can do that. So it's again upping our skills and, and representing like what we can do and actually taking down some work that's like not anymore like uh, representative of what we want to get, right? We were doing a lot of band t shirts for friends early on. We had to take all that down because we don't want to do fucking t shirts anymore. You know? Oh my gosh. No offense, but they just don't pay well. I mean, it's different if you're going to do it for like a team and it's like, oh, all the t shirts in the stadium, you know, for the final four right, like or something. Eric Marinovich, the strength of numbers. Yeah, right. Like that's different. But it's like, you know, Joe Blow down the street for his like band. It's like, I I just can't do that anymore, yeah. you know? So it's true. You have to curate even for yourself, even if you like doing something. If it's not something you want to do professionally, you kind of even have to be careful about what you're putting out, right. you know? And But we're definitely very cautious about, uh, we don't want to impose our style onto clients because we don't want to be known as artists because that can be hard to get work if you're, as an artist, your style goes out. We want to be known as like professional designers who solve a problem and we solve your problem. We don't do just what we want to do because it looks cool. Right. All right, I wanted to ask you guys this. You, I heard you last year, heard you this year and one of the things that really came to my mind it wasn't even a creative question I was like man they're they're siblings and they work together 
and like that relationship because I have a brother here in Atlanta, I have a sister in Raleigh, and every time we just got together last weekend, I turn into my 16 year old yes. self, right? So you have like this business relationship, yeah. and then we all have like these family roles, right? Mm -hmm. And if you ever notice, it's hard to break out of those roles in our oh, family. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm the troublemaker. I don't think I am, yeah. but I'm known as a troublemaker. How is that the working relationship and and maintaining the business relationship that you have, and also your family just being related and the history that goes with that? Oh man, it's tough. And even like when you work on a team for a long time, it's tough to just like take each other for granted. And so we make, uh, we make a really big effort, like not to spend too much time together. And, um, but it's hard. It's like, you know, you want to fall back on, you never listen to me. And like, you know, you always say that. You, you know? stole the top bunk and you're yeah. still stealing, you know, yeah, like you're whatever. still stealing my thunder, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, so it's hard, but you have to really, like, we've made a really concerted effort because we're twins. Like we, we share a house together. Like we work together. We have a lot of together time. So it's like, we, we do whatever we can to be apart. And it's kind of like successful marriages. It's like they usually have their own friends, um, their own hobbies, their own interests. And I, I feel like that's really important for like any team to be able to like go away, come back with fresh ideas, new stories that are exciting. Yeah. Well, and just to like, we have to sometimes talk sometimes where it's like, I don't like when you come over to my desk, when I'm in the middle of something, and I'm, I got my mojo <laughs> and like, I'm really in the zone. And then you like really like barge in and make me look at this thing. Like, right. can you just give me like a, an email or a text and then I'll get back to you when I'm ready. Because we both communicate completely differently. Right. And that's what any team, you have to be like, you have to be vocal. Like, hey, when you do that, like that really breaks up my flow. Like, yeah. I'd love it if you communicated with me like yeah. that. And that's actually easier to do with team members than family members. It is. Yeah. Well, and we're lucky we grew up with each other like the whole time I think when you move away and kind of become your own person from your family and they've stayed somewhere else when you come back it is a shock and they're like who's this person and then you have to like revert back to the old self so but, one of the benefits obviously right because like, I was with my siblings last week and, and then I was watching you guys I was like it's a, there's a huge upside I would imagine as well oh yeah for sure I mean like at the end of the day I know Jen has my best interests at heart it's like you always know that like we're, tr we're, we're both going for like the best the best for our business and the best for our clients I just know her and I know that's what she's like and we we also just kind of like can speak without having to use you know all the words you know it's just like you get it like this and you know we're just on the same brainwave or like we'll get in a, like a big old fight and then we're just like we can get over it in a day like, you know in five minutes I'm always like I'm so sorry for being a bitch <laughs> and then we're just back to it you know yeah, yeah. so I feel like we almost purge a little faster than maybe a lot of teams yeah, where you kind of like, let things simmer yeah, because let it simmer for you a while. don't know who to tell or how to like deal with it it's funny because uh my sister is actually a marketing director <laughs> and I'm a designer and we cannot work. It's almost That's like, what she'll be like, what? You're going to charge that? It's like, come on, you're my family, dude. You're supposed to be in my corner. Like, right, right. I'll give you a percentage or something. Seriously. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I tell you what, this is our first crossover. Really excited to have you guys, especially because you guys killed it here. Thank you so much. And that's why people come, because like one of the things that's also cool is that like all the presenters are also walking around here, right? Yeah. So you can just walk up and develop these relationships that you're talking about and finding mentors, whether it's yeah. you guys or someone else or in the room or other speakers. So we're super, super excited to speak with you guys and hang out with you for Thanks a minute. Thanks so much for yeah. having us on. Yeah, Seriously, one, yeah. Thing, one thing before we go, we kind of talked about this um, at the opening mixer or whatever, but you all obviously speak at a whole lot of design conferences. And there's kind of like this designer sort of fame. Like, it's, designers are the weirdest people. It's like we put people on a pedestal that, like, nobody's, there's like no famous. Nobody dentist, cares. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, i got to follow like that dentist on Twitter because yeah. they're killing it. They're killing the game. Oh but um, I'm curious, 
what what has it been like for you to come to something that is this is obviously super niche? We were talking about the niche thing. So how's that experience been for you all? Oh, it was amazing. Like we're I've never been fans. more intimidated. Yeah, we yeah. were so intimidated because like man, they were for like real cool teams. Like they're they're the stars. Like we're nobodies. Like who are we? Why are we here? So there was definitely panic. And the minute you would walk up to a group, they're like, "What team are you with?" We're like, damn it, uh, know, we're feel, not with the team. Like, you feel, and yeah, you keep trying to be like, team. we just have our own agency. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was great though because it's like the pedestals are like kind of like taken down here because they all work for incredible teams I think they're used to being like you know like they kind of know that a lot of the hype is like when it gets down to it we're all creatives working at a job you know and it doesn't matter who the brand is behind it like we're all struggling with the same thing so it's very like equalizing field which I really enjoyed and we've met so many cool people here that's good. Well, listen, why don't you hit them with your Twitter accounts and Instagram and all that all that stuff. We're at Hoodspa Design on everything. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Peace. See you later. Yes. So there you have it. That was Jay and myself's episode at MLC Connect 2019 with Hoodspa Design. Uh, very cool conversation. Very cool people. They do some great work. I highly recommend that you follow Amy and Jen on Twitter. Um, I'll give out their studio account, which is Hoodspa Design. That is at H-O-O-D-Z-P-A-H-D-E-S-I-G-N. And that is also their website as well, hoodspadesign.com. Jay can be found on Twitter at JF Hicks. Also, be sure to check out Jay's Sports Creators Podcast, where he interviews people working in the media side of sports. My next guest is going to be Peter Robert Casey. Peter is known to many in the basketball world as PRC, and with the NBA and college basketball tipping off, it's only fitting that I bring on Peter to chat about making a career of his love of basketball. Peter is currently the vice chairman at Slam Magazine, and he is the CEO of a company called JDS Sports, which is a sports and entertainment media company that invests in end-to-end content and technology solutions. Prior to that, PRC founded a sports tech startup and was director of social media at Team Epiphany, a consumer marketing agency focused on working with fashion, music, events, celebrity tech, and sports brands. You can follow Peter on Twitter at PRC.work and keep up with him and the things that he's working on. Past Makers of Sport episodes can be found in Apple Podcasts at makersofsport.com slash iTunes, on SoundCloud, or on the website makersofsport.com. If you enjoy the content coming from the Makers of Sport brand and are interested in supporting the podcast, you can do so by joining the paid member community at makersofsport.com slash community. In exchange for your fiscal support, you'll have access to additional and ever-changing content, such as private Q&As with future former and special guests, monthly video hangouts, as well as interact and share private feedback and build relationships with like-minded professionals in the live chat. Additionally, please take one to two minutes and head over to makersofsport.com slash iTunes, click the five star, and write about your positive experience with the show so that it helps others like yourself discover the podcast and the value it brings educationally to people wanting to work on the creative side of the sports business. I'll also accept likes or ratings on Stitcher SoundCloud or whichever podcast application you enjoy listening in. I'm at T. Adam Martin on social. The show is at Makers of Sport. Until next time, have a good week. Make your